They can travel anywhere in time and space. Right. This is gonna be fun. Up we go. Into time and space! Welcome to Time and Space, the Nerd Party's dedicated Doctor Who podcast. I'm Jessica Nunn. And I'm her husband and co-host, Philip Gilfus. And this time next week... We will be in L.A. for the Gallifrey One Doctor Who Fan Convention. I imagine that anyone who is listening to this podcast will be vastly relieved that our Galley One conversations are almost over. We've been talking about it for almost a year now. Yes. Well, that's because we had a guest on a year ago who was talking about it, and it keyed our interest. And so, I mean, we have to make a link to that prior show to um, talking about conventions and and what turned us on, and maybe it'll turn you on to uh, attending a Doctor Who convention if you haven't already. But yeah, let us know your Doctor Who experiences, and follow us on Twitter, where I'll be, I'm sure, tweeting many pictures. Um, hashtag G A L L Y one. There yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But the number one, not the word, number as one. my uh, City <laughs> Alpha three co-host will always say for his Twitter handle. But yeah, so we're excited. We have cosplays ready. I'm somewhat packed, even though it's days to go, but it's just better than leaving it on the floor for the cat to play with. So, <laughs> Which was what was happening with your costumes. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so we're excited, and hopefully we'll have things to say. We're uh, slowly but surely, um, very slowly, but that's all right. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, we started our first series of The Third Doctor. We're, on, we're, we're one episode from finishing his second serial. Okay. And I believe, off the top of my head, and I could be wrong, there's only four serials in that season, but I could be wrong. But okay. anyway. But the, the, we, went, we were watching Doctor Who and the Silurians, which is a long one. I think it's seven episodes. It's a um, lot of episodes. Yeah. yeah. So you know, we, we won't talk about it now, but that that was sort of been our experience. So, yeah, looking forward to, we we uh, we were disappointed. We did get a photo, we did buy a photo shoot with Pearl Mackey, but she canceled at Gallifrey One, which, you know, is sad, but, you know, it happens. Yes, uh, something to do with having to i don't know go to work, work. i don't know whatever yeah. and whatever I but i mean that is not that i'm like some grizzled veteran but that's you know a thing that happens at conventions when it gets close yeah, to i'm so. sure i'm sure a couple of other people a couple of the people from class right. also had to uh drop out for um but the, I mean, sa- the same reason presumably not the same show that but i mean class canceling for. is not a surprise <laughs> don't be dreadful but mm-hmm they're, they've brought in a new special guest. I know. Actually, two, really. Uh, Tony Curran was sort of a late announcement, if I'm saying his name correctly. And he's, I mean, a pretty well-known actor, or at least, I mean, he's he's worked. But most known in Doctor Who for being, of course, Vincent Van Gogh. Oh, yes, of course. Yes. yes. But apparently he's been there before. That. So, so that's, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's exciting. And, and because of Pearl, uh, he, they're adding an interview session with him, so that's cool. Yeah. But yeah, the late, I don't even have her name in front of me, but the latest edition was, um, I was going to say the little girl, she's now obviously a young woman, um, who played the original Amelia Pond. Yes. It really is the original Amelia Pond, because yeah, yes. Karen was the second one to show that's up. That's right. But yes, the original Amelia Pond, I can't remember her, the actress's name, I apologize. But apparently she was at Gallifrey One years ago, years ago, when she was probably a little more wee. But I mean, surely she's got to be in her 20s by now, early 20s. That's terrifying. I mean, it's two it? doctors ago. Yeah. It's the very first episode of Two Doctors yeah. Ago. So, you know. But Still. anyway, it'll be interesting. It'll and, be... of course, she is Karen's cousin. cousin. Right? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Yeah. So, where everybody's going to be like, so tell us about Karen. <laughs> we um, don't actually talk that. Many. 
<laughs> she's gotten too big for her britches, I imagine. Has now that she's in the Marvel universe. Well, she's not a queen yet, though. Unlike some companions. That's true. That's right. That's true. Cool. Well, yeah, and I briefly, if we want to talk about, I don't know if we talked about it last time. We listened to the first episode of the David Tennant or David. I don't know what it's called. What's it called? David. I don't know. David it's not David Tennant has a podcast. No, is it? no, but it's something along I think it's those something lines. Something along those lines. Yeah. So this first guest was, of course, was Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman, or you know, also Doctor Who alum for, for also the same episode. Holly, yes, is what they call her, which I just think is just so delightful and dreadful all at the same time. Holly. At Collie and DT. That is the. <laughs> just like crap. But it was so much fun. If you've not listened to it, please go listen to it. Um, it was just a delight. I giggled through the whole thing. I, I mean, I was, because I mean, obviously I don't know the people, but it was, it is very, they're both very relaxed. They're both, uh, I mean, I think David's a little more, you know, trying his podcast uh, hosting shoes on. So this lark. Of he can his. sometimes, can, you know, He's he's in the the interviewer's chair, but nevertheless, it is very informal. Just two actors talking, who obviously have worked together. And, yeah, Olivia Coleman brought yeah. her dog. Yep, and uh, there's occasional just sort of narration of what, <laughs> what the dog's up to at the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, really good. And the next one's out as well. We yeah. haven't listened to it yet. That's but, a, uh, Whoopi Goldberg, which that was a little odd couple for us. Yes, maybe they'll talk about a connection we don't know about. But that was yes, and I'm dying to know if. She went to London or Scotland or wherever yeah. David Tennant has his little studio. <laughs> um, and if so, why? Yeah, and uh, I you know this is a Doctor Who podcast, not a Star Trek one. But it, I think Whoopi is one of those actresses, to me, who successfully is not her part. Like, for instance, Guinan. You know, of course, what she's known for in the role in Star Trek. It's, it's, like, it's obviously Whoopi Goldberg. But it, it's not. It's totally not her. Like yeah. it's, you, you don't yeah. see her in that role because um, she's so gregarious and big in real life. But you know, Guyan is this very you know serene and and wise. And I just think that's it's always interesting that you forget that's Whoopi Goldberg you're watching. You yes. Know. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so, but anyway. But speaking of people, um, as we <laughs> speaking of people, that was a great segue, darling. Yes. <laughs> we are going to be talking about one person uh, this podcast episode. And yes. It's a person who I, you know, it's one of those things. Once you think about, it, is actually very instrumental to uh, new who, if you will. And but I don't think he really gets that much, uh, you know, cheers about I it. I give him all the cheers. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, no, I'm a big fan. But anyway, we're going to be talking about Mark Gaddis, the, the writer, um, actor. actor, and, you know, not necessarily in Doctor Who, but at least co-producer as well, um, who certainly worked with Stephen Moffat, who obviously ran Doctor Who for, for a few doctors. So, mm. yeah, so I, I, I didn't, did you, you didn't happen to wiki him or look into his background any, did you? I know you tend not to really. do research sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I follow him on Twitter. Does that count? I just followed him on Twitter, so oh. I, I didn't know. Yeah, I was like, oh. When I was doing at least some light Googling, I was like, oh, he has a Twitter page. Yeah. So any, anything interesting from him? Um, No, okay. not really. A little bit of... Um, political stuff. I political think, stuff, yeah. yeah, is what mostly I see. The, uh, at least the official entry. He was in Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, there you go. There I, you I, go. I wouldn't know. Well, and of course, we, as we mentioned, we saw The Favorite with Olivia Coleman the other week, and he was in that uh, as well, playing uh, General, right? He was a, the General. He was the, the Duchess's husband, right? That one that went to war. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And so, yes. 
But anyway, so yeah, so that's one thing that popped him up in my brain when, when I saw that. So, you know, officially he has nine scripts in Doctor Who. And this, of course, is TV. I mean, if we were going to Big Finish, we'd be here all day. But uh, proper Doctor Who on television. He has nine scripts that he's written and four appearances. There's something of an asterisk in there in some of those appearances. But at least he's he's been in uh, four characters in Doctor Who as well. Um, so we thought we would talk a little bit about um, highlighting some of the episodes he wrote and maybe quickly go through acting if we get there, because we don't want to keep everyone all day. Yeah, <laughs> or or we'll come back to this another time. Another time. After we get back from Galley 1. Exactly. So, he, uh, his first inaugural, first, that's, that's redundant, first inaugural. His inaugural script of Doctor Who was with the Ninth Doctor, right? A good yes. place to start in New Who. Yep. And that was The Unquiet Dead, which we watched recently as a refresher. This mm-hmm. is with the Ninth Doctor and Rose meeting Charles Dickens. <laughs> And a certain young lady who we may see again. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, whose name just went out of my head? Gwyneth. Gwen- uh, no, I had I had <laughs> Gwyneth. I couldn't remember. Eve Miles. Right, Eve Miles. Eve Miles. Uh, yes, this is the In Cardiff, nonetheless. Uh huh. This is the third episode of yes. the of the Ninth Doctor. You said yes. Um, so catching it quite early on, yeah. possibly the first mention of the time war. Yeah. I, I, you know, without watching the f- first two episodes again, I can't remember whether it was mentioned in Rose or not, but mm. we'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think of the episode? Well, I, I was reading, I don't know if it was Wikipedia or TARDIS.wiki or whatever, and they had sort of, you know, as, as we'll talk later, you know, you know, spoiler alert, you know, as, as people may know, Stephen uh, and um, Mark co-created Sherlock. So, you know, taking this 18th century work, making it modern, reboot, whatever you call it. And the the article was seeming to say that's sort of Mark's thing of looking at the classics. And so now we have Charles Dickens. Yes. Yeah. And that's sort okay. of so his thing of looking at 19th century, I guess. But anyway, um, you know, and so that maybe I guess that's his thing, which as we talk about a lot of his history in a lot of his episodes. Yeah, I was going we'll to say, he yeah. tends to, not always, <laughs> right, not but always. he tends to write a lot of the, the fantasy historical stuff that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Right, what did you think about revisiting The Unquiet Dead? Yeah. I, th- I always think it's interesting to go back to Christopher Eccleston mm-hmm. um, because I've had so many mixed feelings about him. Mm. And particularly in this one, um, and this is a little tangential, so I apologize for that. Um, but I was thinking about when uh, Christopher Eccleston, and it's been fairly recently certainly since he's been playing the doctor, to, gave an interview or something where he was talking about the fact that um, the working class actor is losing their place in British television and sort of being replaced by, you know, Etonians like Eddie Redmayne, like Tom Hiddleston, um, even people like Benedict Cumberbatch, although I think that Benedict Cumberbatch probably manages to straddle the line because I think he's a little bit private school. But he comes from an actor background. But comes from a working actor background, yeah, yeah. Um, and those sorts of things. And that caused quite a bit of a stir amongst the the theater folk in Britain, Um, this idea that the, the privileged and the wealthy are now taking over the theater scene. Right. And uh, 
Mark Gaddis, as well, is from a working class background. Mm -hmm. The Ninth Doctor in particular, um, the whole new who idea is with these sort of working class sounding people. Um, both Christopher Eccleston and Billy Piper. Yeah, the Rose character. Yes. Yeah. So uh, th th those were the things that were floating around in my mind. And One thing that always makes me curious, and I'm sure there's an easy answer, but like, again, as we said, this is episode three. And, and I know it's probably what Russell at the time, of course, Russell was the one who, who launched Doctor Who, uh, Russell T. Davies. But, you, you know, whether he has a show Bible or whatever, but like, you know, how do you make a good script from a show that doesn't exist? In other words, episode three, like, you know, these, we just created these characters like five weeks ago. Yes. Oh uh, yeah. Fair point. And, and it, cause it's not just monster of the week. And presumably they've written several scripts yeah. in advance. Yeah. But I always wonder how thing, you get yeah. capture the characterization. I'm sure that maybe there's probably character outlines and all that. But for instance, you know, this is, I guess is a bit of monster of the week, but there is these lovely part at the beginning because this is Rose's first uh, historical jumps because you know the first episode as Doctor Who does is in the present second is on uh, uh, alien planet in the future with the second one that was the one when they went to the end of Earth mm. or when Earth oh, exploded yes. yeah and we meet the face of Bo yeah and Cassandra and all that yeah. but anyway but this is the first going down you know back in the past in the third episode and so this is sort of her first time and she's like no no you always get to jump out I want to jump out of the TARDIS first and so there actually are these little interesting character moments and it actually does for even especially for just the third episode does sort of build up their relationship where there is a little sparkage. Mm. I mean, I'm not saying necessarily romantic, but it's not not romantic. And so, I mean, even then, this third episode, I was starting to be like, oh, this is uh, interesting. There's certainly chemistry, yes. whatever that means. And then you were mentioning about Chris, you know, that the Ninth Doctor, you know, Chris does bring this this humor. I mean, he does a brilliant role in Ninth Doctor. If I've never said it, I'm sure I have several times. But, you know, the, the you know, well, aren't you going to change? I'll change my jumper. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what I love is uh, in Mark Gaddis's words. You know, he's like, when uh, the doctor's telling Rose she needs to change, and and he sends her into the TARDIS, <laughs> and he's like, turn left at this, and right there, and just past there, and it's the third door on the. And, and I I just loved that straight into. If you hadn't been watching Who, it didn't matter. Right. But if you had watched Who in the past, yeah. you understood that. Um, I'd be interested to know Mark's Doctor Who background. Yes. Because we never, yeah. Russell his, and Stephen and Chris story. are nerds. Yeah. But I, don't know, I don't know. And, and I, I think it's interesting because it's not the most, you know, depth to it, but there's something there about the whole Charles Dickens, you know, because he, he, uh, he was like. Arthur Conan Doyle, the whole um, the debunker. Yes, the, yes yeah, and, a spiritualist debunker. And, and so, yeah, that sort of history gives it a richness. And that whole, so, you know, the doctor's opening Charles's, or Charlie, uh, his eyes <laughs> um, to the, you know, the world of possibilities. And I'm not, this is where you come in. I'm not, a you know, an uh, British literature person. So I had to Google the Dickens' last novel that he mentioned. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah, no. Because you know, I mean, I've, what was the name of it? I forget. Uh, Edwin Drew, the mis mystery. Yeah, of yeah the mystery of Drew, which apparently was unfinished because uh, yes. he died. Yeah, so, which there's is what, like a whole theater thing where people get to figure out the end, like make up the ending. Right. 
there's a like a I, I don't think it's a musical although it might be mm-hmm. uh but yeah a play and the audience gets to decide the ending every night yeah so, yeah so i thought that was an interesting you know you know that that's a, a obviously a touch if you know british literature that was well appreciated but as someone who didn't i googled or, or wikied it i was like oh that's cute you know do a little thing like that so, yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> my favorite part, I think, was when the doctor was like, oh, that bit about Little Nell, <laughs> tell that one, that makes me laugh every time. And that, of course, is one of the most tragic moments when poor Little Nell dies. <laughs> the doctor's like, I crack up every time. Oh, dear. Uh-oh. <laughs> Well, let's go to his second entry. He only had one, Mark only had one uh, entry for the Ninth Doctor, and only has one entry for the Tenth Doctor. So I'm curious to know how it works or how he was working in these early days. You know, did he, you know, was in, is there a writer's room? I don't know how this stuff works in in, in either both British and Doctor Who specific, Mm. especially when you have like Russell and Stephen and even Chris who write a lot of the stories, but not all of them, obviously. You know, is there a writer's room or are they just submitting ideas? Well, and yeah, I mean, particularly with the 13th Doctor, when there were such big names Mm -hmm. um, writing, is that something that they do on their own in their house and say, here, I made you a script? How does that all work? Um, Maybe we'll ask people at Gallifrey (laughs) 1. So, yeah, Mark, Mark, I know you're listening. Uh, Go to Gallifrey (laughs) 1 next year so we can see you. But anyway, because I was just thinking... Because we have a lot of questions. That's right. Because, you know, one script for Ninth Doctor makes sense. One script for Tenth Doctor, goodness, that's a lot of, you know, that's not a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, But anyway, so what he did do was The Idiot's Lantern. Um, which is actually one of the events at Gallifrey One, which is I I had forgot didn't know what the episode was until we re- rewatched this. And for those who don't remember, this is the Tenth Doctor and Rose again. Uh, this time they have traveled back to 1950 whatever uh, <laughs> London for the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II. Except the televisions are occupied by aliens and taking faces. It's the one where people don't have faces. That's you know that episode. So yes, yeah, <laughs> everybody's face is blurred. And, and the out. tenth Doctor has a pompadour that. Oh know. yeah, and and, and ducktails. Woo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I kept looking at the back of his head. I was like, oh, that's so brilliant. That's um, brill. <laughs> yeah, Daddy O. <laughs> and a scooter. Yep. <laughs> So this isn't, you know, all the way in the past. This is more, uh, you know, memory of the past. Mm-hmm. So um, interesting idea. Another monster of the week, though. So we used um, gas for the unquiet dead, for the transporting of these aliens. Um, they ended up being the monsters of the week. And for the idiot slanting, we were using uh, the television wire uh, for this one alien who's the monster of the week. Mm. So It's all about transmission. how te- technology yeah. lets the demons in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this was this was um you know I don't know medium to me, but I mean, what stood out for you for the idiot's lantern? Yeah, now, is that a, I, is that a phrase? Is that a British phrase? I mean, yeah, I, I assume that means TV. Yeah, the, it's like the not one that I know, right? But I didn't live in England in the fifties, yeah. so uh, I got nothing for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the historical bits of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I liked the outfits. I liked the the working in of the coronation. More than I liked the monster bit. Yeah, the monster was a little flat. I guess because I, I didn't know much about it. Wasn't I don't know. I feel like sometimes it'd be like, oh, you crash land. You know, there wasn't like, how'd you get here? 
Yeah. Other than just appeared and I'm sucking faces. Yeah, although he was definitely trying to get to America, like to see Elvis or something, wasn't he? Because they talk they, about that. They originally that. were there, yeah. yeah. And so then they walk out and they're like, this is not America. Oh, so it's this America, London, America. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that darn TARDIS. Uh, she will take you where you need to go, mm-hmm. not where you want to go. I thought the... And again, I don't know if I should read too deep into this. The, the, the There's a family they encounter, and the father is just this terrible guy. Um, you know, man of the house, and he's in charge. and Toxic masculinity, toxic, I yeah. think, is the phrase you're looking yeah. for. Yeah, and so I don't know if that was supposed to rep- necessarily represent something. Because it was a little over the top, in my opinion. It was a little over the top. Like, I get what he's going for, but it was like over the top character. Yeah. So, it was like, oh, this guy's really bad. Because the wife ends up just chucking him out by the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, there was, it was, I think it might have been part of the changing of the guard. Right. Theme um, that was happening with the coronation and things like that. Because there is, there are several moments of misogyny mm-hmm. um, throughout and um, that gets nipped yeah. fairly quickly. A, a, a lovely moment where uh, Ten and Rose are using the psychic paper to invade this people, uh, the family's living room. And they're basically getting the guy to do all the work, even though he's the one who's been bossing everyone around. And something about, like, uh, you know, oh, that's women's work. And the doctor's like, oh, really? And the and the Elizabeth, what gender is she again? Yeah. And are you saying she should be doing housework? And this this patriotic, you know, king or king and now queen and country men has to be like, oh, oh no, oh no, 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 that's not what, uh, what I meant. Uh, and so, well, and they also talk about the fact that he fought in the war, right? And I think that that sort of, I don't know, I'm yeah. not sure a hundred percent how it ties in, but. The definition of masculinity shifting. I mean, literally, when you have a female monarch. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Not that obviously not new to British history, but at least you know to that point in time. Yeah. Since Victoria. Yeah, (sighs) and just yeah, interesting to think about. Anyway, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Well, because I feel like the point there's a point there, and maybe it's because I'm just a British and I don't get. Or maybe they just weren't going all the way in on the point, but where the you know because even at the end the tenth doctor's like you know new queen, you know new times, so there yeah. you go. Whatever cultural moment that was supposed to be. And then sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. There you go. There so you. I don't know. Well, yes, because as we're looking at him as a writer, as a writer, I'm trying to figure out what what are you going for? What are you going for? Yeah. So now he went. A, he by the time the eleventh doctor and uh, Stephen, I guess who ended up being his his uh, production partner. Uh, Mark starts submitting a lot more scripts, or at least getting a lot more scripts approved. And so <laughs> I'll just go through the list. We don't have to talk about them all. Um, there was Victory of the Daleks, which, of course, is uh, Churchill in World War II. Um, we have Night Terrors a little bit later. That's the one where um, they uh, go into the, the little boy uh, who's scared and calls the doctor, and they end up going into his dollhouse with the freaky dolls, um, all that. Freaky dolls. Yeah. You have Cold War, and this is when we start now move into Clara. Um, and this is with, they're on the Russian sh- sub. They've discovered the block of ice, and it's an ice warrior, and the ice warrior gets loose. And then you have the Crimson Horror, which is, it strikes me as, as a interesting episode I would like to rewatch, because it's sort of a random, because almost the Doctor isn't in it right for the first half, because he's all red and, 
and being kept. If, if you remember, it's kind of a, a, a weird one in a good way. It's where this um, you have this woman who's not she's not like a cult, but anyway, she's head of this organization, and she has this blind daughter, and they're doing something that's that's ending up dumping these people, and it turns them all red, hence the crimson horror. And this is where you have Vastra and Jenny and Strax helping out as well. So I think the doctor has gone undercover, but he's disappeared. And then what ended up happening is he didn't die, but the blind daughter's keeping him. I forget what she calls him. My whatever. Um, Because he can't talk. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And it's 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 very because I I think the mother. Oh, and there's I think like it's mother and father and I forget what they call him, but like he ends up being an alien and the blind daughter ends up squishing him because he's this little alien thing. But anyway, mm. it's it's a different one, but it'd be something worth watching. But anyway, but everybody loves a little bit of Astrogenian Strax. So of course, I would. Uh, other than Night Terrors, again, these are all history. Mm-hmm. Uh, Night Terrors was present day, but Victory of the Daleks, obviously, Churchill, Cold War, you know. And again, of, Night Terrors yeah. still has that fantasy element. Mm-hmm. Um, creepy dolls, creepy dolls. Yeah, so I mean, I think we can. It, it, an interesting note for Victory of the Daleks. So I think I highlight this one at least, if, or at least I'm choosing to, because um, again, it's Churchill again, very British history, just like the coronation. Now we have um, the Blitz and all that. You know, very famous time. Now Gaddis, I don't know this. This is what you learn when you research things, people. But anyway, so Danny Boy, remember Danny Boy, Doctor Calling Danny yeah, Boy, yeah, voiced by Mark Gaddis. Oh, well, there you go. So, I'd, that was a little He's thing. He's just determined to have his finger <laughs> in it, right? Well, we'll eventually get him to doing a triple threat, but we're not there yet. But He's anyway. going to dance? <laughs> but, so, yeah, so Victory of the Dogs, what do you think? If you remember that one, I'm sure. But, yeah, so yes, yeah. The Doctor is... Again, one that I like, yeah, where the scientist turns out to be... Yeah, a robot. A, a robot, yeah. And it's the 11th Doctor's first Dalek episode. Cause I, don't, I can't remember which episode this is, but this is an early episode for 11 as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, I I enjoy that one because, again, my thing has always uh, my difficulties with the Daleks and the Cybermen is that there's nothing to empathize with, mm-hmm. or very rarely. Mm-hmm. You know, again with the Cybermen, you get Danny Pink and uh, Bill, obviously, but with this one, the the scientists is very sympathetic. He mm-hmm. doesn't even know he's a robot and he doesn't want to be a robot and he just and he has these memories and all of that, you know, are are things that I really like in a good bad guy. Mm-hmm. Is is being able to to find that empathy as well. Right. And you have sort of have your which tends to happen to you who and this isn't a complaint. You have that companion finding the answer moment because the doctor's like, Oh, I need to feel emotion and she and, and Amelia's like oh no tell me about this girl you yeah. used to love oh, he's like I, I really shouldn't yeah um but anyway yeah I, I think that was an interesting episode again to feature the daleks of course that debuted the doc the the uh the crayola daleks which i don't have a problem with but i i wonder i always wonder what these scripts you know because when you have a showrunner so in this case it's what steven um you know is he working with mark and like hey i want to reintroduce the daleks mm. xyz or does Mark say like, "Hey, I should do it. I want to do a Dalek story." Steve. You know, I just wonder how that collaboration works. Which comes first? Yeah, and, yeah. Because yeah. like, like in the script, does it say each Dalek <laughs> escapes one of a unique color, or is that a design element? Or you know, I'm always wondering how much you know the dialogue is. Well, and I, I said it's like I'm an expert, but anyway, but dialogue is probably dialogue. But stage directions and design, I always wonder how much of that is in the script and how much is just you know you give that to the producer and director and they do what they want to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. Like I say, maybe we'll, we're going to see some writers next week. Mm-hmm. Well, 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 we have. Should we? I guess we can mention we actually are going to be having a small group with Jamie Childs, director yes. of the current, or I suppose they the past most recent series season. of Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah at Gallifrey One. So we'll be looking forward to our coffee clutch with Jamie and seeing what his thoughts will ask him about. How, I guess how a story is made on Doctor Who, or yes. at least under Chris. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, any of the other ones jump out at you for the Eleventh Doctor, or any other notes that you're starting to detect as similarities of a Mark Gaddis style? Well, again, as you say, the history, the the more fantasy, although not completely. But so let's talk about the Twelfth Doctor. Oh, okay, yeah, go so ahead. The, the, Do your intro. Yes, well, the Twelfth Doctor. It's like an organization. <laughs> so uh, Mark has three entries with the Twelfth mm-hmm. Doctor, at least as a writer. Again, uh, the robots. Robot, I wrote Robot of Sherwood. Surely it has to be Robots of Sherwood. But anyway, Robot of Sherwood, um, which that one. Anyway, Sleep No More and Empress of Mars, which is a revisit from the Ice Warriors. So maybe he's an Ice Warrior fan. Um, yeah. Well, and like I say, that even the Russian sub a little bit and Sleep No More and Empress of Mars in particular feel a little bit more sci-fi-y. And it's those interesting. Empress of Mars, and I'd have to watch it again, but... There is sort of an old-fashioned sci-fi story in there because you have these, I don't know what the official term is. I wrote Imperial Britons, but, you know, the Imperial Army, um, Expeditionary Army of Britain, you know, the ones who were out in Africa Mm -hmm. fighting Zulus or whatever. Um, You know, those are the characters, uh, um, which is sort of like, you know, Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court kind of thing. Because, you know, you have these, the, but they're in the future, or at least on Mars, I guess. I've never actually read, um... But anyway. Oh, is that like, that's not like John Wick or anything ridiculous not like John, that, Not John, but something it? like that. But yeah, so, but I think that kind of a sci-fi story... John there. Carter. Yeah, that's, that what right? I was, that's what I was thinking yeah. was. Yeah. yeah, they made it with the guy from um, Friday Night Lights, which is a shame, because, you know, yeah. he's okay, and yeah, yeah, yeah. apparently the But I heard the story's very yeah. classic, so... Okay. But anyway, so, but yeah, but that's sort of very, seems to be a very classic sci-fi setup of the past, but the future, and mm. the, yeah. So, but go ahead, I think you were saying this with Sleep No More. Yeah, now. those those feel a little bit more sci-fi, but not over much. You know, mm. as you say, you've got the Imperial Britons, as mm. you say, sort of the old school uh, guys on Mars. Yeah, I don't remember enough about the Sandman <laughs> guy, other than the song all the time. Yes. Yeah, it was... It was it was one. It was a found footage kind of construction because it begins with the guy narrating. He ends up being the bad guy. Um, spoilers. But anyway. So, but anyway, yeah, yeah. So, so Robot of Sherwood, not our favorite episode. No, and I'm really sad about that because I really like Robin Hood. Yeah, I mean, we can talk it's about why favorite. we don't like. It's my favorite. It's my favorite <laughs> Disney uh, well, well, film. Yeah. I yeah. thought you were like you mean the genre, but just that movie in particular. Yeah, but I, I I like a good Robin Hood story. I feel like Robin Hood is now like Batman. It's hard to tell them, uh, tell it a new way and good, and it's being overdone a lot. Yes, <laughs> yes, I, I think that might be right. And I tend. I mean, not I get that to... I'm Marvel and not DC, but look, I like you know uh, Tim Burton Batman, and I'm not a huge fan of the uh, you know the Dark Knight trilogy, but you know there's good stuff there certainly. I haven't seen any of them. Yeah, and. Uh, I don't think I've seen a Robin Hood film since Prince of Thieves. Uh, yeah, Prince Which, of Thieves. That was a long time ago. It was a long time ago, <laughs> and it was not a great Robin Hood film, except Alan Rickman. It had its moments. Brilliant, yeah. mm-hmm. bloody brilliant, mm-hmm. and they were filming one at one point. 
well, near where I was living while I was in England. I did watch the... I didn't actually see it. I was going to say the series. I'm sure there's probably been a few Robin Hood series. But the one in the 2000s. I watched the the, the first couple episodes, or maybe the first season. And it was, I can't remember. It's British. I mean, it was BBC One. Mm. Um, but I can't remember the people. But it, I, I think it's probably more or less I'm glad I didn't keep watching because it sounded like the storylines got a little weird after a while. Like... Marion dies in season two or something like that or something you know yeah, no that's crazy yeah yeah but anyway but it was it was and i uh, like it best when foxes talk yeah or sing or sing that's oh especially true. if they're gonna sing roger miller songs because mm-hmm. everybody loves a little bit of roger miller um but anyway so yeah so i think the mark gatta style seems to like the history he seems to like the 40 50s maybe mm-hmm. sort of the uh and i'm i i will explain this term sort of the make england a great again but it's the imperial memory which is that sort of time, you know, the yeah. war. Not, yeah. not that that's imperial, but you know what I mean. The the best times of modern uh, British history. Quote unquote. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, the, the, the storied times of, you know, surviving the Blitz and yes. the Queen and the, at the beginning and all yep. those things. Yeah, so, I can get behind that. So, yeah, so I think he, he sort of seems to, without having to sit down and talking with him, this seems to be what he gravitates to. Seriously, Mark, call us. Yeah, yeah, we can collaborate. Um <laughs> And so we have a little bit of time here. So let's talk about his um, in front of the camera appearances. So we already mentioned he's his voice as Danny Boy in Victory of the Daleks. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably his most prominent role, um, though he has a secondary one that's almost as prominent, but was uh, Richard Lazarus in The Lazarus Experiment. Um, this is the one with the doctor and Martha. I think it's when he first meets her family. And the sister is the assistant or secretary whatever, to Dr. Lazarus, who's the old man, goes into the thing, comes out a young man, then he tr- eventually turns into like the scorpion, big old monster oh, yeah. Yeah, that tries yeah. to kill them all. So, yes. Um, yeah. 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 So it's, it's you know, yeah. it's what it is. But yeah. he, he, that that is obviously Mark Gaddis playing the, the, yes. the bad guy yeah. in that one. This one I didn't know. Again, Danny Boy, I didn't know. This other appearance I didn't know. Because I'm familiar with the character, even though he's just you know a, a two-second character. But I did not realize that that's Mark Gaddis under all that makeup. And that's in The 11th Doctor, The Wedding of River Song, Gantok, the guy who's playing live chess with the Viking and the patch. Oh! I was like, what? Okay, because that's a lot of makeup going on there. Wow, yeah, no, now I want to see a picture again. Yes. No, and we've seen that one relatively recently. Because, I mean, Mark has a very, you know, recognizable profile, you know, tall, thin, you know, whatever. But that guy... I Ginger guess, a little bit. Yeah, but he's, he's maybe because he's sitting down most of the time. But anyway, but yeah. But he's the one that did the shot where falling into the, to the skulls and the skulls. Yep. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but probably also the, the more recognizable one <laughs> yes. was with the Twelfth Doctor and where he played the captain in Twice Upon a Time that ended up being the Lethbridge Stewart ancestor. Yes. So that's probably his most recent outing, obviously, on Doctor Who because the last one of the Twelfth Doctor. So, yeah, and which we saw on the, the big screen as well. So what did you think of Mark as the captain? Oh, yeah, no. I mean, I, again, uh, speaking I of think misogyny. he's delightful. <laughs> yes, yeah, but... I I always enjoy watching him. It does, I do have to wonder, because surely, while he was doing all of this, particularly the Twelfth Doctor stuff, Mm -hmm. surely he's also running Sherlock, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's... uh... I mean, does he sleep? (laughs) Is that why he wrote the Sandman one? Because he's like, I don't get to, if I don't get to sleep, (laughs) nobody gets to sleep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, that's why I said uh, he's he 
well, you know, we will go into the triple threat here in our library a moment. Yes. But yeah. um, but yeah, you know, he's he's obviously, you know, because actor is one, actor writer again. I don't maybe you know British TV does it more than I think they do, but that's not a common I think combination. Mm. Um, I you know I know actors will pitch stuff um to projects they obviously want to do and be involved with. But, it, you know, it's it's weird to, or interesting or different to be writing in a series and then also appearing in that series as well occasionally. Yeah. So, yeah. But obviously, you know, has a great relationship with probably the Doctor Who producer. So, Absolutely. As he should. He's done some he's done some reasonable work. Yes. Yeah. For them. So, so yeah, we're giving I'm him his it. hurrahs. Yes. So anything about him as actor, writer on Doctor Who before we go to the library? Yay, Mark Gattis. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Mark Gattis. And we are, um, are interested in whether you're done or whether, you know, Chris you has your number yeah. as well. And this is, I'm not researched this, but I am 60% sure he's working with Stephen on Dread, if I, if I remember correctly. Interesting. Because, you know, Stephen was working, he mentioned that's what he's been working on. I don't, yeah. I did not remember that. Mm-hmm. But I'm always looking for the right... There's so much vampire stuff. And as a Southerner, uh-huh. there's a lot of vampire stuff that I appreciate. Mm-hmm. But I'm always looking for a good Dracula reimagination. I forget what it's going to be, but yeah. Is it going to be Dracula? <laughs> well, I can't remember if it's a TV series or like a... Oh, right. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. But anyway, so um, we'll have to Google so that. So yeah, mm-hmm. not down with Twilight, not down with Vampire <laughs> Diaries. Am down with a little bit of Anne Rice and a little bit of Suki Stackhouse. Mm-hmm. Really want to see a good Dracula. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, let us go into the TARDIS library. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. When you close your eyes, I go to the library. Go to the library now. And for the library, we're going to go a little outside Doctor Who this one, but certainly in keeping with our topic. As we mentioned, of course, Mark uh, co-created or co-developed or whatever the word is, uh, Sherlock uh, with Stephen Moffat. And, you know, I was thinking, you know, well, let's do the first episode, of course. You know, that would be the logical place to start. I'm like, I was looking at the episode of Sherlock. So like, oh, well, he wrote one. So let's do that. And he also... Starred Star- in it. Well, didn't star well, in it, appeared. but he is more visible in this one than he is in a lot of the ones. So you have the co-creator, writer, actor in the same episode, and that is the third episode of the first season or series of Sherlock, and that is the Great Game, which premiered eight August, twenty ten. Cannot find a synopsis, but let me. I'll do one off the top of my head. Um, oh, oh, a philopness. Yes, Sherlock. Being bored and without a case, suddenly finds that he is being outwitted by a new mysterious person on the scene. Super villain. Who has launched a series of games and mysteries for him to solve. Meanwhile, Mycroft Holmes it has given Sherlock and Watson a larger mystery of national security proportions to solve. Will one lead to the other, and will the ultimate villain be revealed? Dun, dun, dun. So, what did you think of Mark Gaddis' triple threat? <laughs> <laughs> I was a little sad there was no dancing. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I loved Sherlock, and um, I was a little bit sad that this was the third episode that we rewatched, because now I want to do a whole rewatch. <laughs> Um, I remember things got a little wonky yeah, there the end, for a yes. while, yeah. uh, but this is just, uh, 
but I remember this episode so clearly in the pool and the end and Andrew Scott and oh, it's just oh, I just love it, mm-hmm. just love it. And it's interesting, and I'm trying to think because this would be Stephen. Moriarty is very Missy and or Missy is very Moriarty. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And is that Stephen or is it Andrew Scott and Michelle Gomez? Gomez. (laughs) Just Just the turn on the villain who plays it a little bit crazy, but still brilliant. Yeah. I mean, just just prepared to just go mm-hmm. just just hitting it running mm-hmm. which i just think is delightful that said i think that uh benedict cumberbatch does that with sherlock but because of who sherlock is it has to be much more controlled right. but i mean there are some moments in this you know when he climbs up on the table and when he's playing the violin you know all of those it really is just balls to the wall mm. acting from mm. everybody. Um, so that's I just, yeah. I think, th- to me, you know, in this, I think Sherlock is also a challenge because you're basically writing a movie. I mean, it's an hour and a half, basically. Mm. I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a thing to write. But I think it's doubly hard writing a Sherlock. I mean, because you know, I've, I've read all of Conan Doyle's Sherlock, um, and, you know, they're all reasonable. Re- different quality but but the the the, the researcher or, or the whatever i mean the, making a mystery he had to, for this episode he has to make like seven mysteries yes that's yes. a lot of research yeah. a lot of thinking a lot of i mean that's a lot of writing work yep from the mouth of someone who's currently writing a mystery yeah um well as i was watching or as we were watching oh, it, no. we well, can't we can't we can't get a pool in any of these spaces, sweetheart. No, as we were watching, I was thinking, well, that's weird to write. Because he plays Mycroft Holmes in this episode, of course, with the character, mm-hmm. which appears in the very beginning. So we wonder how that discussion went. Like, Stephen, I want to play a part just a minute. Um, but anyway, you know, and how when you're co-creating, you can play your own role. But anyway, I was thinking, like, that's got to be weird to be writing a role for you, what you're going to say. And then I realized that's what I'm actually doing right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. writing a murder mystery. I will appear in, as a character controlling what I will say. And yeah. so that's, that's an interesting experience. I haven't, you know, you get to control, you know, you, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're playing with it, you know? And so how do you do that? Do you play to your role, your strengths, or do you give yourself something challenging to do? Or are you going to kill your wife or, off? Or, <laughs> that's not appropriate. Bella. But as far as your, yourself as an actor, that's, it's, yeah. it's an interesting thing of how to do that and how to play that. Speaking of which, in my Facebook memories today, four years ago today, I put up that I was looking for a, a male actor. Oh, really? So, yeah. Yeah. The call went out. The call went out. <laughs> And I ended up with husband. Yes. <laughs> and no. you ended up with cat. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just think Mark, if he hasn't gotten his lauds, he is a definitely very accomplished. Um, mm. So looking forward to Incredibly more what he's done. And I've actually uh, ordered a series of books he did. That it's not, it's, it's his own thing. His own, it's a three book thing. So I saw it on Amazon I was like, oh, okay, let's see what this is all about. So I oh, ordered that. Fun. So we'll, we'll maybe talk about that at a later time for a different future library segment. I forget what they're called. It was this three book series, and it's its own cult classic thing. And what's it? I 
I'm just, you got of, nothing. Of nothing. It's just his own makings. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Sure. Well, for next week, we will be in Galley, but we're not going to leave it playing that soon. And so, for next week, before we get into recording nothing but Gallifrey One shows, it being the second month, we will do our second, second installment doctor. of our 13th series uh, <laughs> of using um, our uh, great uh, video YouTube series we've been watching. So we'll be talking about the second Doctor's video entry and, and what comes from that and what things we learn that we don't know because, I don't know, we're probably not that much much experts on the second Doctor. No, Especially because yeah. most, the most missing episodes is with the yep. second Doctor. Yeah. So... Speaking of which, we got to start looking for those. I've, yeah. I've not done anything this week. On have you asked around? Maybe I haven't. I should put it on Facebook. Maybe pictures. <laughs> have you seen this show reel? <laughs> Power of Daleks. Anyone? Anyone? Bueller. Uh, well, until next week, enjoy reading, listening, and watching the adventures of the Doctor throughout time, time and space. This is BBC Television.